And as you heard by the fire intro again, my name is JG Smooth, and it has been a long minute since I have been back. I think the last time uh, I was on here was for signing day, that was last month. Um, but we are back because spring football is now underway. Um, that That is... Uh, Always a good time of year here, uh, and of course, I have was able to sit down with head coach Nick Bobek uh, this past this past Monday um, to uh, discuss spring football. We started for UCO Wednesday, and uh, will run for the next couple of weeks here. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but as always, here I have some uh, UCO related sports to catch, to catch you all up on. Um, <clears throat> the women's basketball team uh, actually finished their season uh, eighteen and uh, no, yeah, eighteen and twelve um, on the season here. They got to the second round of the MIAA tournament before falling to, 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 to Central Missouri. Um, they did, however, though, have some players here uh, earn all conference. Um, Kayla Haynes was named all in my double-A third team. Madison Lee was named in my double-A all-defensive team. Uh, and Ariane Smith was named all in my double-A honorable mention. So, um, it was a good season for head coach uh, Guy Hardiker uh, and his young young team. Uh, as you know, they dealt with injuries and that experience. And so, uh, to still get that 18 wins, uh, win a game in the conference tournament, uh, just says a lot about uh, about Coach Hardiker and his and his and his staff there because uh, there was no easy task this year and and still posting a 500 conference record 
uh, and a winning record uh, is is uh, it, it, in my eyes is a good second season. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next year. They have a lot of talent returning, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what the next step is for the women's basketball program. Uh, the men's ended a disappointing season, uh, 11 of 17, uh, just 4 of 15 in the in the in the conference there. Um, you know they had a down year. Uh, I know uh, Josh Holiday and Marquise Johnson both had <clears throat> career lows in in assist. Uh, none averaged more than three a game. Uh, it, it definitely was a tough uh, a tough year. But if there was one bright spot, uh, that would be uh, the men's basketball uh, of men's basketball would be Darius Avery. I mentioned before Darius Avery uh, was the little Chicago transfer, um, and he uh, in his one uh, season here. Uh, was was uh, nothing short of dominant. Uh, he was he was named uh, second team All Conference. He's in the first team, in my opinion. Um, he's only the sixth player in mutual history, uh, might have been playing for ninety two years, uh, to average twenty and ten uh, a game. So he averaged double double for the whole season, uh, scoring double figures in all twenty games. He had double double in eighteen of them. As the 20th player in UCLA history to average 20 points in the season, uh, and it's 116 points or 12th all time. Now, mind you, we did this all <clears throat> excuse me, in one season, so uh, wish you would have been here earlier. I, I mean, at uh, those, those are some impressive numbers, and they don't stop there because he's one of 12 players who averaged double digit rebounds in the season. Uh, his 291 rebounds are 13th most in school history. And he's sixth all time in free throws made, eighth in free throws attempted in a season. So uh, again, this is a guy here, Dave Avery, talking about a six six, two hundred and ten pound combo forward guard. I think would have a chance, um, you know, at the at the next level. Now, whether that be um, <clears throat> through the NBA G League or overseas, I, I definitely think Dave Avery can make a living. Uh, playing the sport, uh, the, the sport of basketball, uh, as you know, uh, UCO alumnus uh, uh, Anthony Robertson is also currently playing for the OKC Blue. So hopefully, uh, we could have another Bronco on the OKC Blue. I would appreciate that. I go to many, many Blue games, and uh, let me tell you, they are a blast. So if you have not caught a Blue game, I advise to you all to do so because it is quality basketball. Uh, and then wrestling wrapped up too as well. Um, I haven't gone here. Uh, they play 16th in the D2 Wrestling Championships. Uh, Heath Gray unfortunately had his 19th, his 19 match win streak snap and an upset loss in the semifinals. But he did uh, rebound to win uh, two straight in the consolation bracket to finish third. Uh, he finished his season at 36-2, so uh, still a very impressive season for Gray. Uh, Greg Wilson uh, won three matches, making it to the All-American round, but lost two straight uh, to finish eighth. So wrestling still had a really good season. Um, I look forward to seeing uh, what they what they do. The Western program uh, is indeed. Uh, 
a very, very solid program uh, on campus and, and nationally, uh, nationally as, as well. I know they're getting, uh, with some new uh, renovations to Hamilton Fieldhouse, I think they're getting uh, a new wrestling room. So that, that will also uh, be, be good for them. I'm glad to see uh, that we are investing in the wrestling program as well. Uh, softball of number two in the country now. Um, uh, they're 26-2 on the season, 8-0 uh, in the conference, and 14-0 at home. Uh, they went 2-1 uh, this past weekend at the High League Classic. Uh, lost 4-0 to Augustana, but then beat Winona State 5-1 and Northern State 6-5. So softball still a power here. Uh, and I'm, and they, I do not see them falling off anytime, anytime soon, led by uh, Joby Hughes, who's one of the best small players in all of Division II. Baseball uh, is 16-2, 9-6 conference. Uh, they lost 8-5 to Oakland, Oakland Christian on Tuesday. Um, they traveled to Missouri Western for a three-game series this uh, this weekend. That will be back in conference play. Uh, and senior pitcher Josh Rutland set the school record for most career saves by a pitcher with 18. So uh, huge congratulations here to Josh Rutland uh, for his school record. Uh, tennis up to number 77 in the country currently. They are 9-2 on the season, 3-0 uh, in conference. They beat OBU yesterday 4-0. Uh, they had weekend wins over Fort Hayes State 6-1 and the Basket Prairie 7-0. Uh, and then uh, finally here, men's golf finished second at the Lindenwood Invitational. So there are still um, a lot of Bronco sports still going on. Uh, you know, we used to see some before here. Softball team uh, definitely um, should be contending here for uh, hopefully uh, for national championship. Uh, this season because the time you those 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 ladies are looking really 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 good right now and uh, I think the only thing that can stop them right now barring injury uh, is just themselves but moving on to the main course now uh, and that is spring football now I mentioned earlier here I got to talk to coach Bobek on Monday uh, he's a very busy man so I appreciate him squeezing me in there uh, and we discussed a lot of things here. Um, you know, uh, we discussed a lot of things, uh, some things I'm going to get into momentarily, but I, I think first I'm gonna let Coach uh, start this off here by telling you what he is looking for the most uh, this spring. We've, we're to the point where we've beaten everybody in the conference now. Um, um, you know, it's time for us to find consistency I think that's the biggest thing that, that we've got to we've got to find within our football program. We've got some we've got some guys coming back. Some guy you know we've got, got a little bit of age in our program now. You know which um, you know guys that know what it feels like to win. And, um, we're looking for some guys to step forward and, and and create some leadership. You know from an internal standpoint. You know our locker room started leading things. Um, that's really the biggest thing that we're looking for from from the football team. We've got you know eight all conference guys coming back. You know, uh, you know some really talented kids. We, you know, especially on the offensive side of the football, we got a lot of guys coming back. And, 
you know, the defensive side of the football, we lost a lot of talent and kids and um, trying to find replacements for those guys and, and who was going to step into those roles as being being the guys that can that can be playmakers. So um, that's really what we're looking for. So a few things there. Um, he first mentioned consistency. Now, again, as we talked about a lot here on this podcast, uh, how inconsistent this team was uh, from game to game, from time from quarter to quarter. Uh, and so I think in order to take that next step here that I feel like that they can take, uh, consistency would definitely be key. Now, obviously, uh, you know, with the injuries you had, quarterback, uh, you know, one offensive line, our receiving quarterback number two. So it's kind of hard to have consistency when you've had, you've had the injury problems and then the youth on offense that they had last year. Now, hopefully this year, um, you know, the experience should not be there anymore. Um, the injuries have actually helped the team now because you got a lot of more guys that have uh, in-game experience now. Uh, and so I think the key now as far as that goes uh, is, the, is the new leaders. Now, again, uh, there was a lot of leadership loss here in his class, uh, you know, uh, uh, Colton Lindsey, uh, Alex Figueroa, Levi Hooks, uh, you know, Noah Hammond, Audencia Clay, uh, Clay, Clay McKenzie. There's a lot, a lot of leadership here uh, that is gonna. That's not to say, say that there isn't any left on the term roster that have not emerged yet. Now, um, if, you're, if we're looking at uh, who who could possibly be those leaders, I, I can tell you for a fact here that counting on uh, counting on second team All-American safety O'Shea Harris who we had on this podcast a while back. They're counting on him uh, and again, rightfully, should, um, rightfully so. I mean, if you, uh, you know, O'Shea Harris is a guy here that's uh, started the past couple of seasons again as All-American uh, has, made, has made some big plays during his career uh, he's a guy that I definitely think uh, will have no, no, uh, will have no, no problem, uh, you know, leading, help, assisting, leading this team, especially a young secondary, you know, get into later on. Uh, but then we're looking at other leaders here, you know, Jakari Hunt is a guy, uh, Jakari is a quiet guy, I had him in theory the basketball coaching. Uh, and Jakari, you know, he's, again, he's a quiet guy. I mean, we're talking about dude here. He listed as 5'11", 178, plays a lot bigger than that. And Jakari, it strikes me as one of these dudes that, that his play does the talking. Now, that's, that's not a bad thing. You, you, need, you need those guys. But, um, you know, the vocal leadership here, uh, you know, I, I don't know the quarterbacks personally here. So I, I, don't, I don't know if, you know, there's more vocal guys. Uh, just seeing Keith uh, Calhoun around campus, he seems more like a quiet guy. Uh, but again, that to me is going to be the key here. Hopefully, they emerge in the spring. You want to see them emerge, uh, you know, the earlier the better here. Uh, you know, and so that that, and that I think to me is, is going to be key uh, for this team because this team to me here, uh, as we go along, you will see definitely has the potential to be a very special group. Uh, now, one group, however, that uh, that is reloading, and, and, and most of reloading will happen on defense, 
Uh, again, the defense was the experience group last year. The offense was kind of a work in progress as the season went on. But the defense here, uh, you know, we're going to start with the linebackers because that is the unit that lost the most. Now, uh, as you all may have I know all three starters are gone. Corn uh, uh, Lindsey and Alex Figueroa to graduation. And uh, Chris Pogai to grad transfer. I believe he's going to swap suits with my man Peter Agnes. We'll be able to watch Chris Pogai uh, tear it up down there with some, nothing but the best of luck. So, losing all three starters in linebacker core. Now, again, I had mentioned last year we were eight deep there. Uh, one of those backups, Mason uh, Underwood, has also graduated. So, we still have, still leaves, if my math is correct, uh, four players that have quality experience. Uh, and this is who, uh, this is who, who uh, Coach uh, is, is, is looking, looking forward to seeing emerging in those spots during this week. You know, in the linebacker position, you lose really, really all of them, you know, at the, at the linebacker position. And, you know, so who's going to step forward and, and be, the, be the guy that's going to you know, lead that unit? Um, you know, guys that have played a lot of football and Brian Burns and uh, Jeremiah Hill, Dylan Hall, you know, all those guys have, have played a lot of football. So um, we feel good about the unit. It's just that you, you know, it's hard to replace Colton Lindsay and it's hard to replace Alex Figueroa. Um, those guys are good football players. So, um, you know, it's kind of going to be, you know, who can, who can step in and, and be consistent at those positions. You know, we feel, we feel really good about the kids, you know, and, uh, O'Brien won't go through, won't go through the spring. He had, a, had an injury to his foot in, uh, early in the spring, early in the spring, later. But, uh, um, feel good about the group as far as the talent standpoint and individuals. Um, I know that we've got a really good Mike linebacker, whether it's whether it's Jeremiah Hill or, or Dylan Hall or you know Young Kipper and Jason Harris too, that, that you know, from Booker T. Washington that's here as a redshirt freshman. I know we'll be good at Mike. We've got to figure out who who we are on the edges, in particular at corner and, and, and outside linebacker. So we've moved Noah Ingram to outside linebacker. He'll play will linebacker this you know, through this through the spring. Um, and then you know it'll be interesting to watch what Marlo Hughes does. You know, Marlo, you know, kid from Eden, that uh, really really athletic kid. You know, same. So. Okay, so Coach mentioned a lot of names there. Now, uh, briefly to give some background here on some of those names, uh, Dylan Hall, uh, one of the names that was uh, that was mentioned here, uh, was uh, fourth on the team in tackles uh, with, uh, with with 54, two and a half for loss, uh, one sack, uh, and two pass blockers. Now, Dylan Hall, I believe, is an NEO guy. Uh, along with Byron Burns, uh, Byron Burns here looks like he's uh, ninth on the team in tackles, had 36 tackles uh, and half a tackle for, for loss, along with two pass deflections. Now these are a lot of guys here from Indio uh, that came in there, uh, played some, played, played a lot of snaps. Uh, I know for a fact here that Dylan Hall had that clutch tackle and that upset. 
over number four, Northwest Missouri State, uh, at the goal line there on fourth down, allowed uh, Trenton Gear to take the final few uh, knees in that. Uh, he's a guy that that uh, that really that, that really impressed me here again. Uh, Von Burns is solid, uh, you know, and and, uh, and and he coach also mentioned a couple of young redshirt freshmen. Uh, uh, one of them he mentioned was Marlo Hughes Jr., a redshirt freshman out of Enid, uh, six foot one ninety five. Now again here, these players could have gained some weight. Uh, I just noticed that today, my man Chris Brannick here updated this spring roster. Now, I don't know necessarily if they've gotten the height and weight yet, the, uh, the uh, updated ones. But, um, so, uh, the weights are still from last season, so take that in mind. Uh, but Marlowe Hughes Jr., uh, 6'195", from Enid. Uh, some notes here of his high school career. He played in the Blue-Gray All-American Bowl, was, was All-District. As a, as a as a senior and also ran track and played basketball and competed in powerlifting. So one thing we can say here about Marlo Hughes is one Marlo Hughes is definitely a heck of an athlete here playing uh, for three different sports uh, and then also is a powerlifter. So that would lead me to believe here, no matter how big Marlo Hughes is, that he definitely is stronger probably than he would appear to be. Uh, and he also mentioned Jason Harris. Uh, Russian freshman out of Booker T. Washington, Tulsa, six foot two for two fifteen. Uh, those are two guys um, that that could that could I would like to think here would see would see some snaps. The way they like to rotate in uh, linebackers because uh, again we they, they played I, I, they played eight last year. I, I I know for a fact that they played eight last year. Uh, and then they also brought in one JUCO here. Uh, Keyshawn Smith, six foot two, ten out of Kilgore Community College, Texas. Uh, I, I would like to also think uh, would get into the rotation here, uh, but um, you know, but and then and then the, and then the, the the final guy here that that he that he mentioned was Jeremiah Hill. Now Jeremiah Hill uh, is a guy here. That uh, appeared in, a, in eleven games, and sixteen tackles, one and a half for loss. Uh, had one pass breakup. Now Jeremiah Hill is a guy with a juco that got out of Georgia last year, but late in the process, thinking six one, about two twenty. Uh, he's a guy that I I can't I can't honestly tell you I remember a lot of him because I honestly don't know. I remember the name on the two deep. Uh, but uh, uh, as far as his impact, I, I cannot recall offhand here. Uh, but Coach is high on him, and this is what Coach uh, had to say about Jeremiah Hill. Jeremiah Hill's a guy that I, you know I'm really excited to see kind of what he does this spring from a you know from the standpoint of. Uh, you know, he was he he made a lot of football plays for us last year, but you know, he kind of moved around. He played Will linebacker, he played Mike, he played Sam. Um, we just tried to find a place to get him on the field, you know, because we were we were pretty talented at the linebacker position last year. You know, he'll step into a bigger role. He's got a greater understanding of, of what we're doing on the defensive side of the ball. He didn't get here until summer. 
um, of last year, right before the season. So, so as you can see, Coach has definitely some some big hopes here for Jeremiah Hill. Now, again, no matter who you have at linebacker, uh, it's not going to make much of an impact here if the guys in front of them on that defensive line cannot keep them clean to make tackles. Now, again, here, defensive line uh, returns a lot of experience inside the tackles here. Uh, you got uh, Mike Rios, the Tulsa transfer, uh, 6'3", 290, uh, Joseph uh, Rock, uh, Rokey, I believe is, is, is how you uh, say his name right, 5'9", 260. A retro sophomore out of out of Clinton, and then you have the man that they call KK, uh, 6'3", 300 pounds. So you have some guys on the interior place. You add in Juco's Corey Brown Jr., 6'3", 320 out of Arizona Western, and uh, Richard Desheer Jones here, 6'2", 285 out of Coffeyville Community College, Kansas, that I know Coach has mentioned uh, that uh, have been impressive through off-season training. So you got about a five, you know, you, you, you think about that, you got about a five, five deep rotation. Plus you had in the registered freshman here that they got last year. Um, I'm also curious to see, I, I like to think that the true freshmen they got, and they're very talented, by the way, um, may or may not ease into the rotation there. So I think you're set there and people to tackle. Uh, now it's the defensive ends here where you lose the most, uh, you know, my man Eli Hooks also also came, came on his podcast here. Uh, Justin Stewart, uh, my other man, Trey Remington, uh, Noble Librand here all have departed. So you have some holes there, um, you know. Uh, now, uh, you know, coach, coaches, uh, you know, co coaches, coaches high, uh, on a couple of guys here, and uh, this is this is definitely who he, who coach is high on. Defensive line, you know, we lose several kids along the defensive line, but we're probably more talented than we've been um, in, that, in that unit. You know, the, the question mark is who's going to step forward and be a leader, and be and then you know guys like Kalen Murray that that have been here that probably could have played last year, but we had some depth at the defensive end position. We lost several seniors at defensive end, and um, you know Kalen's a really talented kid. He's been here for uh, for a couple of years. You know does a great job in the weight room. Um, you know, he's a physical kid, plays the game the right way. So. Um, Excited to see what he does within a little bit more of a uh, a bigger role for him. You know, Michael Rios, um, you know, another guy that, that came in last summer, um, played early in the year, had a knee injury, and then and, uh, he's full go. You know, so being able to see what he does this spring, I think will be really important. Um, we're, we're talented, but, you know, it goes back to there are several of those kids are transfers and um, a couple of those guys you know with uh, KK coming back and Rios coming back and uh, Joseph Roki coming back you know so you got three D tackle kids that played last year you know you really don't have a whole lot of defensive end that's returning um, but, but we signed some really talented kids you know watching you know Devin Bajic will be a kid that, uh, you know, he had a really good 
you know, winter conditioning. He's a big physical kid. He's what we want. You know, I already mentioned Kalen Murray and, and, and some of those guys. So um, we feel good about that union. You know, we got a redshirt freshman kid by the name of Steven Crager that we feel pretty strong about. And, um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens on the D line, you know, because that, that's that's really from a defensive perspective where the, where the game's won. If we can stay solid in the middle of our defense, we're going to be pretty good, which we feel good about the two safety kids, you know, with, with O'Shea and Jakari. If we can, you know, figure out what we are on the D line, I think that's going to be really important for us. Okay, so a couple of names that Coach mentioned there might might be new to you. Uh, the first one being Kalen Murray, a registered sophomore here uh, out of Denton Ryan High School in Denton, Texas. Uh, 5'11", 230 pounds. Uh, did not register any stat this past season. Um, what was first team on district though, and uh, and all and all area in high school and for his career had 84 tackles, 24 loss, 10 sacks. One for fumble and one fumble from recovery, and another uh, name that he mentioned was registered freshman defensive end Stephen Prager, uh, 6'1", 255 out of out of uh, out of Jinx was an All-State guy. That, that's the guy that uh, Eli, I know Eli uh, definitely is high on here now. Uh, I did get to see Stephen Prager play uh, when I went to the playoff games more high when they played Jinx. A couple of years ago, Stephen Craig's name was mentioned a lot uh, in that game. Stephen Craig is a very solid player here. Uh, I I would like to see what he, what he can do again. I know Eli was high on the man. I'm inclined to believe my man Eli here. Um, so you know there there are some guys there. There's also a couple of couple of JUCOs also that they brought in. Uh, one that Coach mentioned was Devin Vajic, 16240 out of uh, NEO, and then another one. Uh, Daryl French, 6'5", 260 out of Riverside Community College, are, are other defensive ends that should see time in the rotation there. Uh, again, I did, now this is a unit here that I think if the defensive ends can come around, especially with the with the interior, uh, the way it is, um, you know, not to mention, I think Stephon Starks, you know, uh, was a Juco out of... Uh, out of Independence Community uh, College off of Last Chance U. Uh, he's a guy that's also in the rotation. So you got you got about a you know about a six-man rotation there tackle. That is uh that is you know essentially three deep there if you're running a four-three. That is uh that is big. Uh that, that is definitely big. So again here if the ends can come around I feel like they can I feel like the talent is definitely there now obviously the experience is not I mean, you're talking about losing, you know, four or five guys right there. Um, no easy task, you know, but I, I, I feel like feel like that you have the talent. Uh, def, definitely that uh, the uh, talent to, to get the job done. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know. I, I mean, I, I said I, I think you, I think you, you definitely uh, you have. You have the uh, uh, talent there, uh, and then in the in the secondary, 
uh, is the other concern because you also lose uh, Malik, Malik Walker, who pretty much was an unsung hero back then. Malik Walker was a guy, not 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 a, not a flashy guy uh, by any means, but uh, definitely made the plays when they counted. I mean, the man did have four or five tackles, uh, three for loss, uh, and uh, six deflections and five pass breakups along with one interception. So, and, but aside that, Malik Walker was indeed a leader uh, in the secondary, and uh, <clears throat> that leadership will, will be tough to replace. Now, if we're looking here, opposite side of him, I, you, I'm going to go ahead and just assume here, the coach mentioned this too in the interview, that... Uh, Redshirt sophomore Kobe Underwood would probably be one of the corners. Like we know Kobe Underwood here uh, had a tail with two halves in his freshman season here. He, he started early on, struggled, uh, got benched, came back late, and had a heck, heck of a final uh, three, four games there. Uh, the thing has cemented his spot. Now the other corner, I'm interested to see here uh, what they do. Um, I know that Isaiah Gray is back. He was the juco they got out of Georgia late again last year. And then Daniel Bauman is the guy with tremendous size here at six for three that uh, should be should also be in the mix as well as Juco Justin Ewan for 11185 at Arizona Eastern Community College should also be in the mix there too. So I think the defense here uh, if the new faces start to gel quickly, uh, I, I definitely think that that unit again uh, will get the necessary stops. Now, I don't know if there's as much pressure on them as it was last year because of the offense, because the youth uh, on, on, on offense, but definitely uh, I can see this unit. Um, you know, especially with the with the forward experience at, at on the inside and at, at the linebacking core here and at safety uh, to get the job done. Now, speaking of speaking of, of offense, here, the offensive woes that happened last year are a thing of the past. Uh, now, you, know, you naturally are going to school if you want to start here with who is the quarterback. Now, we're not familiar with the quarterback uh, situation last year. Um, Give the brief rundown here. Uh, one of the all time greats, Chad Stallard at the parties. Um, and it left a three man, well, technically a four man race between Keith Calhoun, Chandler Garrett, Louisiana, uh, Monroe, Chancellor Collins, and Johnny Bizel. Uh, midway through the spring last year, Johnny Bizel moved to wide receiver. We'll talk about him uh, in a couple of minutes. Uh, so that would be a three man race. Uh, I was then informed when I was talking to coach ahead of the opening game against Pitt State that all three would play. Uh, in that Pitt State game, only Keith Calhoun played. Uh, Keith Calhoun showed a lot of promise uh, in that uh, in that game. Uh, the Marcos came up, came up short, however. Uh, and then against Kearney, again, uh, Keith was the main guy. I believe Chandler Gary got in there in that wild Bronco package, that Blake Bell type package. Uh, and was also impressed with their two almost at the comeback. And then against Lindenwood, had a great first half, uh, suffered a suffered a, a injury that cost him the rest of the season. Uh, that then gave way to Chandler Garrett, who came in the second half, didn't have the best half, but still secured the win. 
Uh, and then it started against number four, Northwest Missouri State, and led one of the most dominating games I have seen out of a UCO team. Uh, and then he goes on the road against Fort Hayes in a 15-0 loss there. He gets hurt, uh, forces Will Collins to come in there and start pretty much down the stretch. And then all Will Collins does here is, um, you know, lead one of the greatest comebacks I've seen in my life against uh, Angelo State in the champs part of Texas Bowl. So, uh, again, all three quarterbacks uh, won games. All three never really lost the, lost the, lost the job. So, when asking coach here, uh, you know, how are you going to determine post-spring uh, who is ahead of the pack given the on-the-field results? And this is what he had to say. I mean, you just you got to chart it all. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be a uh, gonna be a great competition with all those kids, and um, they all have different skill sets. I think that's the difficulty for us. Um, you know, from a from an offensive standpoint, as an offensive staff, is um, all those guys have different strengths, and it's hard to you know. So some of those guys they fit. They fit one scheme, and that was kind of a hard part for coaches. And I think that, that our offensive coaches did a good job last year. And Coach Hood, Coach Holland, Coach Jackson did a really good job of adjusting to what our quarterback could do. And, you know, that's where you saw some different schemes and stuff like that that we ran last year. And um, yeah, that, that was really difficult. You know, that was a really difficult process. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard out here in spring practice because um, you're throwing the entire playbook at your football team, you know, as far as an install goes. And then and then you're, you're saying, all right, let's go execute this. Well, when you go into a football game, you're going into a football game with about 40 football plays and it's specific alignments. And, and, and spring football gets a little bit muddy, um, especially when you're dealing with, with three different personalities at the quarterback position and three different skill sets at the quarterback position. So stuff gets a little bit hard. Um, you know, so we, we've got to do a really good job of, of you know, making sure we're running plays that fit particular kids, you know, because not every kid, you know, fits the bootleg game. Not every kid fits the sprint out game. Not every kid fits the, the drop back game. Come, some kids don't read it very well. And uh, we have to do a good job of making sure, that, you know, how we're scripting practice, that those guys are getting the looks that, that can help them function. Now, there's one thing important to me that Coach mentioned, uh, which stuck out to me here, was the different styles of, of the quarterbacks. Now, that is that uh, is never more apparent here. If you have seen all three play, all three definitely have a uh, have very different styles. Uh, Keith Calhoun, to me, is your prototypical, is your prototypical pro style uh, pocket passer. Talking about a guy here about 6'3", 190. Uh, one of the all-time uh, great Oklahoma prep qu uh, quarterbacks, uh, and Victor Trishan in Tulsa. Uh, you know, last year in three games, Keith threw for 572 yards, 
uh, five touchdowns and one interception. Uh, and then you look at Chandler and Chandler Garrett out of Mustang by the way of Wyoming. Uh, is a bigger dude, is more like the mentioned before here, more of your more of your downhill running quarterback, you know, more more of your Blake Bell type. Uh, and he in nine games, uh, threw 596 yards, six touchdowns, and three interceptions, but he's also more of a runner um, with 277 yards and four touchdowns last year. Um, so he he's he's more of the of the runner, I would say. He, to me, is more comfortable running that read option, which they did a lot of against uh, against Northwest Missouri State to great success. And then you have Will Collins, who to me is the most balanced uh, of uh, of the of the group there. Will Collins to me. Uh, reminded me the most of Chad Stallard as far as playing style goes as a guy here that has necessary speed to, you know, to, to do some damage here on scrambles and uh, design and runs, but also has necessary uh, passing skills to uh, to still do some damage uh, through the air. And I will call it playing in seven games uh, with leading passer with 1,759 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, 14 touchdowns, excuse me, and four interceptions. I uh, was 251 yards again, and that's really impressive here, uh, considering the offensive line struggles there, I would say, until about mid-season, mid-late season. So, got to give him credit on that. And also was the third-leading rusher here with 288 yards and two touchdowns. Had that monster. 136-yard game, I believe it was against Washburn. Was it against Washburn or Emporia? But he did have that game where he was a beast on the ground. Uh, and there was one thing that Coach said that also struck out to me too: is you can't, is you can't fit a kid to a scheme. You fit a scheme to a kid, and that to me also made really more apparent too because uh, if you saw they. They definitely had to adjust uh, on the fly, and that's what they, you know, did uh, uh, last year. And that again is no easy task. I mean, that that's probably you're talking about trying to prepare for a team, you know, and then you yourself are having to kind of try to change the offense in about a week's time. Uh, that is that's no easy task. So I have to give credit here, credit is due to offensive coordinator uh, Christian Hood. Uh, on that because that 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 right there is a heck of a coaching job. Uh, and again, it's going to be tough because as you mentioned here in the spring, you're trying to just install your, your playbook. Well, you know, Keats can't necessarily do what, what, what Will Collins can do. Will Collins can necessarily do what Chandler Gary can do. So it's going to be tough to really, I think, gauge on that. I think that will more be it, will be something in the fall. Um, I would venture to say that uh Chandler Garrett will still have that have that role in the wild Bronco uh, just because he's so effective uh down there in the goal line I like to think here that that he would definitely uh have that role back um and now as far as the weapons around them uh you know if we're looking here, the offensive line that was a big question mark going into in the last year, having to replace a couple of starters now, is uh, looking extremely solid. 
uh, they return four starters. I, I, they are operating under the premise here that right tackle, I mean, no, that left tackle Jacob Blair will be getting a sixth year. Uh, that's why he's going for spring right now. I heard he's looking very, very, very likely that he's getting a, a sixth year of eligibility. Uh, that would be big because Jacob Blair is a guy that, that, that came on strong towards the end of last season there. Also kind of struggled some early on. Uh, definitely got, got better as the season went on. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, um, uh, oh yeah, here, excuse me for a minute here. Hopefully, third team all in my WWE center, uh, Nick George will have a better year of health. Nick George missed a couple of games there with some injuries. I know, I know he had a concussion, uh, but... Thankfully, uh, senior now, uh, it was June last year, now senior, uh, Ben Rawson out of Ponca City uh, stepped in there uh, uh, and did a heck of a job actually coming in there, uh, playing some center and some guard. So, uh, you know, uh, Ben Rawson is, is a guy here that that is, is valuable to have uh, as far as that, you know, plug and play guy. Uh, in your second unit. Now the main loss, and really the only loss here, uh, is right tackle, and that is a big one because we're having a first team on conference. Uh, a guy that I feel like have a chance to at least get in a mini camp uh, in the NFL, and that is one Noah Hammonds. Uh, so Noah Hammonds literally, effectively, is 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 a, is a big loss. But when talking to Coach about it here, uh, he feels like they have uh, some suitable replacements uh, in, in line there to take the spot of one Noah Hammonds. Ben Ralston's a guy that'll that'll you know, but he won't he won't actually go through spring, so it's going to be difficult for him. Um, you know, but but Jacob Sitzler, a young kid that you know from Salina, Oklahoma, is a I mean, he's a huge human. I mean, he's a 6'7", 330-pound kid. Um, you know, not a not not extremely athletic, um, but a kid that you know just just has a really kind of a, a knack for it. And, uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what he does. You know, see how he functions this spring. And uh, you know, because it's a it's a lot different, you know, than playing Class A football, which you know, uh, the talent's not an issue for him. It's just going to be handling the speed and being consistent. Um, that's something that's going to be really important for that kid this spring. And then, you know, um, uh, Adam Brazel, the uh, kid from Bentonville, uh, Arkansas, that's uh, is really talented. You know, he came in really light. Um, he was up over, you know, right before the break, he was up over 250 pounds, which, um, which we think that he'll play at the end of the, when it's all said and done, probably around 275, you know, maybe not this year, um, but maybe in, in, in another year, he'll, he'll, he'll have that weight gained. And he's really talented, you know, he's a really talented kid. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. You know, Tyler Stillwell may have to bounce out there, you know, 
we've got we've got some young guards and, and Drew Roscoe and um, some of those kids that we feel really good about. It's just a matter of um, you know fitting those pieces together and, and figuring out what's the best unit. And, uh, so as you can see, Coach did briefly mention a few options. And uh, one, I know that he's not too keen on. I'm not too keen on either. Would be moving uh, Tyler Stillwell from guard to tackle. Now, Tyler Stillwell to me here is a mainstay uh, on the interior. Here's a guy who can keep on the interior. Um, because, but the two guys that he didn't mention here uh especially the the first one here uh being retro freshman jacob sitzler 67330 from salina oklahoma he mentioned he was a class a guy all state um he was he was his district seven offensive lineman of the year also played basketball and baseball so uh that's what you show you there uh, how nimble the guest guy is. I know he did say that he wasn't the most athletic guy, uh, but again, here at 67330, uh, I would imagine got stronger under uh, Coach Smelter's offseason training. Um, and uh, is a guy here that uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing because at that size, uh, you like to imagine here, especially in the one game, uh, there's to be some pancakes. I, I'm sure that this is interesting that there should be a fair amount of pancakes there. Uh, and the other tackle with another reservation beating, uh, Adam Brazel, 6'5, 250 from Bella Vista, Arkansas. I was an all-stick guy at the Benville High, named Northwest uh, Arkansas Touchdown Club's offensive lineman of the year. Uh, made a state championship appearance and was a two-year starter. Now, Coach did mention that when it's all said and done, he believes he'll be playing around 275. Now, he came in at 240, so I feel like he's already up to 250 right there in one year's time. Is a definitely a, a good... Uh, a good sign. He also was a guy that coach again uh, is really high on there, so I'm not too concerned about the right tackle. Um, the only time you about that if Keats is starting because Keith uh, Keats is a left hander, so that would be his blind side. Uh, but if Will Collins is in there, uh, you know, it, it, I I think it'll still be fine. I I really think that. The, you can even if uh, one of those two start and you have an experience at right tackle, I really think the offensive line uh, will still be a solid unit. Um, I, I think that especially again if Nick George can stay healthy here, um, you know you got Ben Rawson providing depth, uh, and, and I like to think here that this will be a unit. The last year was a weakness. It is now a complete and total, and total strength. Um, and again, with the offensive line uh, better, you can uh, open up the football more, which we saw towards the end of of, of, last, of last season there, uh, when the offense had that uptick in yards and points. The offensive line uh, started to gel there, and we saw the offense uh, at its full strength. Now again. Uh, you know, 
those those points also came because of the playmakers uh, around the quarterback, uh, and that will lead me to next discuss the wide receiver core. Now I have uh, some a bit of news here in the receiver core. Uh, Lele Curry, who <coughs> excuse me, was supposed to be the go-to guy uh, heading into the season after the departure of Josh Crockett and uh, JT Looper, is no longer with the team. Now we know Lele Curry only played four games last year due to due to injury. I was informed um, by coach that he is no longer uh, with the program. Now, however, that's not as big of a loss here. As would have as would have been uh, this time last year because of the emergence of Dustin Bosk and Mikhail Hall. Now we mentioned we on the podcast before, especially about Mikhail Hall was a guy that I've been saying ever since I talked to the coach about signing day. Was it, was it three years ago now? Three years ago now, yeah. When they signed Mikhail Hall. Uh, that he was a guy that he was really high on out of John Marshall, uh, was extremely high on. And uh, when, I, when I brought it up last year too, he was still high on McHale Hall. Started off, started off slow, but uh, finished the uh, season strong, earning all mention all conference. I uh, was second on the team in catches and yards, 37 catches for 698 yards, three touchdown average, almost 19 yards catch. Uh, came on great there, 200 yards uh, against North Northeastern State. Uh, it is a guy that came big in that bowl game, had that big touchdown there, tied. Uh, and is also a big receiver. And again, Dustin Bosk is here. Uh, just, I mean, when you need somebody to step up there, Dustin Bosk is, I got to give him credit for being 5'8", 160, the occasion here. Uh, led the team in catches and yards with 67 catches for 909 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, Dustin Boskis, uh, again, not the biggest guy, but just knows how to get open. Uh, it my surprise uh, for me here and I anticipate Dustin Boskis was a guy I mentioned before though in that preview uh, that was hurt for half of the last season. Uh, and then in his first game had two touchdowns. Now again, I said I wasn't sure that was because he was the fourth option, and you had to cover uh, two elite receivers there, and uh, Crockett and Looper, along with Willie Curry at that time. So I didn't know if that was the case. Forty-two touchdown debut, but uh, no, it is purely uh, on, on skill level there of uh, Dustin Buckets, who I believe. Might also be getting a six-year next year. And I, I was told that he missed the full season uh, after a redshirt year due to injury. So hopefully he can get another uh, year of other really back too, because uh, that would be a dangerous, dangerous receiving core. Uh, and then the other two returning receivers here um, that made the most impact here: uh, Tyrone Howell, uh, Tyrone Howell out of Ida Bell. Uh, big 60 receiver was a guy that I had mentioned after that scrimmage that I went to before the season started was a guy that really caught my eye uh, that I had said would be tough to keep on the field here, especially if the unit struggled early on. And just like I had predicted, the unit had struggled, struggled early on and against uh, Lyndon Wood. Not only did, did uh, Tyrone Howell 
Uh, Burn has redshirt. Not only did the Tyron Howe play in that game, Tyron Howe started in that game. Tyron Howe had over 100 yards in that game. Uh, Tyron Howe's a guy that finished the season with 13 catches for 242 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, also was uh, was uh, in, impactful in the uh, return games as well. Uh, he's the guy that uh, that uh, that uh, coach is looking forward to uh, taking taking some uh, some uh, some strides there too. Uh, and then uh, rounding rounding out here, the returning receivers we have. Um, we have Johnny Bazell, who as I mentioned earlier was in that quarterback race, uh, moved to receiver. Uh, he's a guy, you know, they make a lot of impact early on, was still learning the position, then had a concussion there. But uh, in 10 games, had eight catches for 126 yards. Now he's a guy that I think can definitely take the next step here. John Bazell's a guy that I personally high on here. I, I definitely think will have a bigger role uh, just now that he is more familiar uh, with the position here, and then um, and then then he and then there's still some redshirt freshmen here um, that I still high on here. Uh, one of them being Dawson Huddleston out of Marlowe, six four one eighty, was an All State and All Area guy. Uh, in his career, had uh, 44 catches for 1,026 yards and 20 touchdowns. And then, of course, uh, Diego Richards out of Colorado, 5'8", 160, was an All-State guy. Uh, in his career, had 142 catches for 2,376 yards and also had more than 1,000 yards uh, rushing. Uh, when they signed him last year, Coach said was one of the most uh, explosive players in the whole state. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what he can do because you're looking at size here. Uh, he, could, he could definitely be a faster version of Dustin Boskins here. And Dustin Boskins uh, is no slow man himself. Uh, and then there are some Jukos here uh, that he is really high on. Um, that being uh, Josh Moore uh 11180 in the Cockville Community College and Amante Preach Phillips 63195 out of Scottsdale. Now uh again you know I noticed anytime there's a nickname involved uh there's a chance this guy's going to be pretty good. Now I'm just saying to me you know dude the name is Preach Okay, I'm just saying it's 6195 here. Hopefully, Priest can preach some touchdown catches because he's a guy here that has the size and, and has the ability here. And I heard also had a great offseason. Uh, and don't just take my word uh, for the unit here, but uh, uh, take take take, take uh, coach's word uh, on how talented. Here's my receiver group really is. Oscus and, and Jiffy, you know, and Mikhail Hall, they're, they're you know, we call Mikhail Jiffy. So, um, but th those kids are really talented, you know, and, and we've got some young kids in the program that we feel good about, you know, uh, Johnny Bazell, you know, really came on. Um, 
know, uh, you know, late in the season, played well. Uh, we signed a couple of kids that, that are here, uh, mid-year kids that are that are very, very talented guys, and they'll 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 flash. I mean, they flashed. You know, those those are the two the two receiver kids that we signed are probably the kids that have flashed the most um, so far in, in, through the spring. I feel really good about those kids. You know, I feel really good about that that unit. It's probably the most talented unit that we've maybe ever had. Um, that's that's how we feel about it. And we've got some redshirt freshman kids that, uh, that, that that we signed last year, and a true freshman kid we played last year, Tyrone Howe. You know, so we've got a lot of kids in that in that unit that we believe can play. So we'll, we'll, it'll be it'll be fun to see that competition kind of unfold um, this this spring and see what happens with it. So uh, those are some pretty big words to crew the most talented group he's uh, he, he has had. Uh, that is saying a lot again. I'm talking about you know uh, with the with the Crockett Looper Curry uh, trio there. That 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 is high praise. That is high high praise uh and then rounding out in the offense here i'm going to briefly discuss h back because all h backs return uh daxton williams um dante mcgee he was an honorable mention all conference guy um uh isaiah jackson i broke a nerve with to me was a surprise play as a true freshman and then uh and then uh uh, I've got what other one now? Forgot the other one. Um, it will come to me. It will come to me. Um, but they have they have a a a a, a really nice uh, four man rotation there, and then you have a retro freshman. Uh, out of Westmore, my last name of Ortiz. That uh, I don't know. I heard. I heard he's good. Not sure if he'll get in rotation because again, uh, it is extremely deep. Uh, now, however, and running back, however, I would say to me, it gets question mark all of the of the offense because uh, it comes to the fact here that just like Elliot Curry. Uh, Justin Curry, the guy out of Samford last year that had uh, 72 carries, 424 yards, and four touchdowns, has also departed. Now, he was a guy I thought would just step in there uh, and be starting, but apparently he is no longer uh, with the team. So, um, that leaves that leaves uh, my man, registered sophomore Seymour Daniels uh, as the leading rusher as far as running backs go with uh, 71 yards on 16 carries. So, uh, definitely not a lot of, not a lot of experience there. Uh, however, there is a lot of talent there, and uh, this is what the coach had to say about his running back unit. That running back is the big one. Uh, you know, who is that? You know, who's it going to be? And, uh, you know, we've got some talented kids on campus. You know, Sabor Daniels is our uh, you know, leader. You know, that has come back as far as as far as 
uh, carries and yards, and he was a redshirt freshman last year. Um, you know, we we signed a kid at mid-year in TJ Roberts that's that's here. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does, you know, through through the spring. But you know, guys that have been here, some young guys, you know, Tyreek French is is one who had a really good spring last year, but just didn't they really didn't materialize last year uh, during the season. So we'll see we'll see what he does this spring. It's going to be a really important spring for him to be able to come in. And, and, and contribute, and guys like Peyton Scott, and Javion Robinson, and some young guys that are here on campus and have been here. So, you know, we feel good about the group. Um, you know, it's just a matter of those guys, you know, stepping forward and being productive. So as you can see, Coco definitely feels confident in the talent that he has now. Uh, a little bit about some of the names here that he mentioned. Uh, one being Tyreek French, 6,200 from Idaho by way of, by way of uh, EMEO. Uh, Coach mentioned before, had a strong spring last year. Did not translate. He's also a former, a former receiver, so he has receiving skills. And again, the height there could be a mismatch if he is uh, defended by linebackers. You're looking big things out of Tyreek French. Also, he mentioned uh, a couple of freshmen here. Um, one by the name of Javion Robinson at Northeast Academy, uh, 511 uh, was an All-State guy. His senior had a uh, his senior year had 110 carries for 1,229 yards and 16 touchdowns. Uh, that was a guy when I saw his highlight tape. Uh, was really impressive. Now we're looking about a guy here at Northeast Academy. Uh, not the greatest football program in in the world. So um, getting a thousand yards uh, from there is six, and sixteen touchdowns is uh, definitely 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 impressive there. Uh, and then you got of course you have Peyton Scott, uh, the five five dynamite out of Sand Springs, was a two thousand seventeen Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, Said single season uh, rushing record in the state with 2,597. Uh, scored 33 touchdowns as a senior. Set the single game record with 507 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. And in his career, ran for 5,826 yards and 71 touchdowns. Not to mention, you also have Bruce Whiteback and uh, you also have Tucker Pauly. Uh, from Bigsby, so um, again the talent level, and then you add in T.J. Roberts, 11, 210 pound JUCO at the Mesa Community College. When I came here to discuss the early signing period, uh, I said uh, I had wondering why they signed a running back, and then after the first hire of him jumping over a standing defender, I was said I, I have no more questions about that. So the, the talent level is definitely there. Uh, again, the experience is not, but um, you know, this this is this is a group here that I'm excited to see. You know, uh Sibor Daniels is a guy that I felt like made the most uh, out of his 16 carries. We're talking about a guy that was a, a, a receiver out of East Central, um, that that made the that made the change over running back the year when they were all hurt. 
uh, he was the emergency back. And Silver Tails is a guy, like I said last year, I mean, the man really does run, uh, runs hard. Uh, I, I, I like to see what he can get now uh, in the in a more expanded role. So I'm really looking forward to just uh, to seeing here uh, what this unit does, because again, the unit here is not short, uh, short of talent. So, uh, you know that that's that's as far as the team breakdown. That's 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 about all I got here. Um, now the the spring will will wrap up on April twentieth with the uh, with the with the spring game at one p.m. at Watton Stadium. Now um, there's a disclaimer here: it's not your true spring game because you just don't have the numbers. Uh, some guys are being held out. Uh, so what it what it is is a mix of probably some situational scrimmaging, so your two minute drill, your red zone offense, uh, mixed in with some with some drills. It's gonna be more of almost like an open practice uh, type of type of thing. And that being said, though, uh, you can go watch them practice. Uh, the kind of see every day uh, around three o'clock. I think it's from three to probably four thirty-five ish. Uh, it is open, so if you at any given time you want to come check them out, uh, feel free to do so. I plan to do so a uh, couple of couple couple of times as well as going uh, to the spring game. Uh, and so uh, we will definitely be having. Hopefully, I can get there this year. It's kind of sick last year. Could not make it there. Uh, hopefully, I can, I can I can get there. Uh, get get coach afterwards. Maybe some some players uh, so we can get some pretty good sound bites on that. Uh, and then finally, before I leave here, pro day happened uh, last week for UCO. Uh, they had over twenty participants. Um, the most notable ones being, of course, Noah Hammonds, uh, Justin Stewart, and, and Alex Figueroa, and also uh, a dear friend of mine in the podcast, Trey, Trey Wormington, also gave it a shot as a long snapper. So, uh, hopefully, um, you know, a couple of those guys will find their way onto a mini camp roster. I know uh, Alex, Alex Figueroa uh, probably has the best shot. I would then say Noah Hammonds and then Justin Stewart. All three guys to me have NFL talent, uh, and all three guys should have a shot uh, at, at at least getting a minicamp deal. So uh, we'll be back here uh, in a couple of weeks, um, a little under, yeah, like a couple of couple of weeks uh, for the uh, for the spring recap, and then. Uh, you know, and, and then we'll be, and then if something comes up, you know, as always, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to uh, let you all know. But, uh, you know, until that point, point, point in time here, I mean, we got, you know, we got spring and then once spring ends, it's, it's the grind of, you know, that low time in the in the summer. And then in the fall, you know, hopefully, depending on where I'm at in life, we'll be, We'll be back, back at it. So, um, again, my name is JG Smooth, and I'll talk to you all later.